Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm here with my co-host who's rocking the Sports Advantage hat, Coach Manchie. Coach Manchie, the makers with a big win the other night. Um, how are we doing over there? Hey, everything's going great, Brian. It's just middle of September already. It's hard to believe, but watching some Badger, Badger footballs back, college, you know, it's the best time of the year and we get some NFL going and some great high school football and all the sports just at the WIA level, at the high school level. It's just great to see people competing. And uh, I'm super excited. I got my sports advantage hat on and, you know, you guys are going to be opening up a brand new facility in January 1st. And uh, obviously all the excitement with Ryan Groy and and Joe Thomas and everything else going, I'm just super excited because what you are providing for athletes is, is just top-notch training. And more than that, it's it's about developing relationships with athletes. And again, it's all about trying to prevent injuries and increase that athletic performance. Well, I think, well, first off, Dean, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. It's definitely, you know, I think in life, you know, we always have a plan and you got to adapt the plan. And then, you know, I think when you adapt your plan again, you're going to always have to be changing. And so, you know, the vision for what sports advantage was eight years ago has definitely changed to what it is now. And it's always evolving. And, um, but the ultimate goal is to always provide for our athletes and our families and to give them opportunities that a lot of us didn't have when, when we were growing up and that starts at age eight, you know, we have young kids in at eight, eight or nine years old, teaching them, basic fundamentals on, on how to do everything from running to jumping to doing all that stuff. And um, I think a lot of times, you know, people get mis misconceptions because you'll see NFL guys in our gyms, you'll see pro baseball players, you'll see, uh, you know, girls that run at the Olympic trials and, you know, we're for everybody. And that's the best part about what we do. Um, you know, every athlete, every sport, every age, male or female, uh, no matter what your background, no matter what your ethnic background is, you know, we've got something that can help you. And so um, I appreciate the shout out. And uh, just one of the things I wanted to bring up to you, Dean, what do you, what do you, uh, I think one of the things that I've noticed, and I think we've talked about a little bit off air is, um, you know, it seems like, like the kids when they're competing, the sportsmanship is, is, is really good, you know, on the field and, and things like that. Are you guys seeing that over there in the Fox Valley or, or what are you guys seeing over there? Great point, Brian. Yes, big time in the Fox Valley. I've just seen some kids helping kids up, you know, um, complimenting great sportsmanship, you know, with coaches, with kids, everything else. I, I don't know the answer. Maybe I'm thinking it's just because, you know, last couple of years have been a little crazy and, you know, the schedules have been changed. Some people had spring football. and I really think athletes are really appreciating the opportunity to compete in front of their hometowns and have that that community feel that Friday night under the lights and in everything and not have to be wearing the masks and, and all them different types of protocols that probably really stressed out coaches. I know it made their lives a lot harder and athletes itself and parents too. I mean, let's remember, you know, parents have had a lot on their plate with obviously, you know, all the issues with the mental health. And it's so just great to see kids out there competing and, and uh, doing the, the best job that they can. I, I would agree. Um, you know, we see, you know, rivalry games, you see, um, you know, games that, uh, you know, it, it, in, in high school, you're playing the same kids over and over again. And the beautiful thing is like, if you're a multi-sport athlete, you could compete against them in multiple sports, which is really cool. cool. And the thing that we get 
which is even better that, you know, you don't get Dean at, because you're just at Kimberly is we get kids that train together in the off season and then they're competing against each other on the field, you know, so they're, they're sharpening each other's iron for nine months in, in the weight room with us. And then they're all on the field going toe to toe. And um, I think one, you know, it's really cool to see. I think one of the trends that is something that, you know, coaches and athletes really need to take note of though. And it's something that one of our guests, you know, coach Verstegen brought up is protecting your confidence. Um, you know, we see a lot of times on, you know, Thursdays or Friday, you know, that social media post seems to come out um, about what you're going to do on the field about, you know, who's running who and, and all this other stuff, you know, it's great to be excited for your game and, and social media provides an incredible venue for that Dean, but you know, you got to be careful as to what you're saying, um, how it's perceived, um, you know, what the intention is, things like that. And let's, you know, let's be realistic, right? Um, once, once the game starts, all that stuff goes away. But at the same time, be careful what you put out there because Saturday morning, you know, some of those messages you may see after a game, you know, might not be something that you're looking for. So again, protect your confidence, be confident. You know, we always, we preach that all the time, right? If you put the work in, be confident in what, you, you know, what you're going to hopefully do on the field and how you're going to play and what you're going to go about it. But leave the social media stuff to, you know, being excited about the games, trying to get your student section to the game, trying to get parents to the game, trying to, you know, whatever the dress for the, for the night is for the student section, stuff like that. Keep it positive and keep it moving. Brian, positive is the key word there. I just remember we're dealing with young kids here and parents, you know, we have, we have to be positive. And I know a lot of times you know, some of the stuff you hear from the stands, from parents and from kids at, you know, whether that that um, message is trying to be relayed on, on a student athlete or whether it's at coaches. But let's remember there's coaching burnout is, is going crazy right now during these times. And, you know, coaches put an extremely amount of time in and not every team can win. And we just must understand that these aren't professional athletes. And one thing, you know, when we're strolling Twitter and and, and all that, and we're looking at some of the social media and somebody's ripping on some professional athletes. Hey, that's one thing. These, these athletes are making millions and millions of dollars, but I think we got to make sure before we send, send an email or, or send a message on social media, media or whatever, that we really think it through because, you know, kids are affected. I've seen it. Kids get affected by that stuff and they shouldn't have to deal with that. We got to look at the positive of athletics. We got a lot of coaches putting a lot of time for very little money. There's a lot of volunteer coaches, Brian. Yeah. You know, athletes, I don't know an athlete in all my 28 years of coaching high school football that that was trying to do bad. That right. wasn't yeah. wasn't the best for their athletes. Let's face it. They, everybody wants to play, and only so many can play in their sport. And when they get out there, they certainly are doing the best that they can. And maybe because of athleticism, they cannot do some things that the coaches want them to do from a scheme or from a movement pattern situation, but there's certainly, they want to be part of that team. That team should be a family, a positive atmosphere, and they're trying to do the best job they can. So parents remember that community members remember that. I think so, so many times we think we're in an NFL game. Look what we're seeing in social media, NFL stadiums, people fighting at 
you know, yeah. NFL stadiums because college somebody's stadium. rooting yeah. for the other team. Yeah. And it, it, it's just sad that entertainment should be a positive. Right. Athletics should be a positive in people's lives. And we certainly don't have to have all that negativity. So I think you made up a great point there, Brian. Social media, you know, I've seen it in my days. Some people say, oh, you know, the coaches, the coaches running the score up or this or that. You know, when you play backups in situations like that, you cannot tell them not to, to not score. play hard. <laughs> yeah. We deserve the same right as anyone else when they get in the game to prove that maybe they could bump and, and earn a starting position as well. For next year. Yes. For next year. Yeah, they're trying to earn their spot. It's a developmental thing. So you certainly, you know, the goal of every coach is to get every, you know, their team to play as hard as they can play. And when opportunity arises, these athletes have to take advantage. Well, and I think, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to play for a guy who believed in college that, you know, Coach Lechner, that you are in your starting spot. You earned your at-bats. We're not taking you out. You know, so there's there's a different mentality, right? I mean, he was, you know, you earned your right to play. I'm not taking the bat out of your hands. I'm not taking the opportunity to play out of your hands. You've worked your tail off in the offseason. You're going to play. We're going to play the whole game. Uh, we we very rarely sub. So I think to your point, you know, the other message is that you know these kids have worked their tails off to get to where they are, um, and you can't ask them not to do something that's just a natural, you know, part of the game. And I think to your point too, Dean, remembering and and players remember this and parents and community members, you know, these guys are high school coaches that I see what I see the amount of time that many of the high school coaches in our area put into a game plan, put into the off season. It's, it's thankless. It's a thankless job. And so I think people need to realize you know, that what you're seeing on Friday night, you know, at a football game or Tuesday night at a volleyball game or a soccer game, that's like a very small part of the time that these people, these incredible people are committing to helping your kids have a great experience. Are they always going to have a great experience? No. Are they going to get told sometimes that they're not maybe giving as much effort as the coach believes they can? Yes, that's going to happen. That's part of the process. And, you know, to your point of, of athletes always trying as hard as they can, you've never seen an athlete not try and, you know, do the best they can. I don't know if I've ever come across a coach that's ever done that either. You know, his judgment may, you may not agree with his judgment or her judgment of who plays, but that's not your job. You're not at practice. If you're, if you're a parent and you're at every practice, which I, I know that no one none of our parents are listening are, um, if you're in every film session, if you're at every team meal, if you're at every single thing that this coach or that the coaches are at, you get the right to start having an opinion of who plays and who doesn't play. If you don't, you sit back like everybody else, watch the games, enjoy the game, cheer for your team, support the coaches and their decisions because they're making decisions. You know, and I don't speak to football. Football is a game of tendencies and percentages. Every decision that is made is made on the spot. It's got to be made even faster than like Texas Hold'em. Where another game, you look at a game of percentages and everything like that. Football is a game you have to make this decision within 30 seconds of what play you're going to run, what defense you're going to be, who you're going to sub. Um, you know, everything goes into a 30 second window. So you have to know 
these percentages and these tendencies so fast that I don't think people understand that. It's not like, why do we keep running the ball up the middle or why aren't we throwing the ball on first down or, you know, why is, you know, why is Braylon Allen running the ball on first down every single time? You know, all these things you hear people say, well, you're not in the meeting rooms and you don't understand. And so I think we got to get to a point where, you know, we just go back to enjoying the game. Like, like think about that. I, I mean, and I know we're kind of going off to- off topic already, Dean, but think about if, if you're a Badger fan, I'm going to go to Badger fans. Think about what it was like. You and I, Dean, went to a game in the, in the 90s. What it was like to go to a game in the 90s at Wisconsin, even when they were starting to get good, even when Barry was starting to be there. Think of what the stadium looked like. Go to a game now. See what it's like. It, it's, I mean, the, the, the things that we have that we get to enjoy as fans – it's just incredible what it is now. And so um, I think we really have to take a step back, you know, as fans, I think we have to take a step back as athletes and be positive and, and enjoy the moment that we're in and, and stay off to social media, you know, stay off to social media. It's about telling people what you're going to do and let your pads do the talking, you know, let, let, let your, you know, your, your swing or whatever in the, in baseball do the talking. So um, I think it was something we wanted to hit on because it's something we're seeing incredible like we talked about off air we're seeing incredible camaraderie with kids kids are competing hard against each other but after the game you see a lot of hugs you know i i know you see some tears sometimes that's part of the game you know and so there's nothing wrong with competing as hard as you can against your friends and then giving them a hug if they beat you and telling them good job but also saying hey you know hopefully we get to see you again type of thing um so anything else you want to throw on that dean otherwise we want to get to leah here no, I think that just the only thing I want to add to that, Brian, is, you know, again, I just saw something on Twitter, or one of the social media sites, and they said teachers and coaches have to make split second decisions, just like a surgeon does. And right. that kind of hit home with me that, you know, yeah, it's not life threatening here in, in a surgical procedure type deal, but the decisions that coaches and teachers have to make on a daily basis is, is a lot. And it, it, it's very stressful. And I think sometimes when people are in the stands, they're like, why are they running that ball up the middle or whatever? They don't understand that they're setting up some, another play that's going to happen later right. to find out how people are, you know, playing their defense against certain, you know, formations and things like that. So it's, it's easy to be judgmental, but it's, you know, until you really understand the reason why they're, they're setting up and they're doing some plays, really makes a difference. And the only people that really know are the people that are coaching that team. And if you're not at practice all the time, you don't know that. Right. It goes to the weight room too, Dean. Absolutely. Starting to happen in the weight room. Well, you know, they don't do, well, I don't think anybody that runs a weight room, whether you have a huge, you know, knowledge base like you and I have, or if you're just trying to be there, like you're, you're just doing the best you can. You know what I mean? And so that's a message for you guys. If you're newly running weight rooms in high school, ask for help. And we, you know, you and I are here for whoever wants to help. There's a lot of people out there that want to see good training. And if you're new in that area, ask for help. But anyways, let's yes. get to Leah here. And it, it, you know, the word that is, is thrown around a lot and, you know, Steve Jones, who was, you know, one of the first guys on our podcast, the, the catchphrase or the catch word that he used was culture. And culture is so important. And as we talked with Leah, Dean, we understood what a strong culture can mean in your weight room. Okay. 
And, you know, she talked, you're always going to have, you know, a few people that either criticize you or they're selfish or she called them bad apples. And if you have a strong culture, which the best programs in our state do, okay, the bad apples seem to weed themselves out. You know, they seem to go away. Or what's really cool sometimes is they fall in line and, and they're like, hey, you know, I'm not getting anywhere, you know, complaining and, and blaming other people. Maybe if I just come in and work hard like the guy next to me is doing who's playing, maybe I'll get a chance to play. And that's, I think, for us, Dean, when we, we take what she said and put it in our environment, that's the coolest thing for us is when you see kids that, you know, complain or, or even families that complain about playing time. And all of a sudden, you just see a transformation with the kids. And they're just like, you know what, I'm just going to work as hard as I can. And then all of a sudden, you see a change in who the kid is. You see his attitude change. And all of a sudden, he's getting playing time, which is, or she, you know, he or she is getting playing time, which that I think is really cool in our environment. Well, Brian, quick shout out to Steve Jones. Boy, it was tough to watch that Badger game last Saturday and have him on the sidelines. But, you know, it's great to see his, his messages are going nationwide. And he does an extremely good job with culture. And we talk about this family and culture. I tell you what, Dean, he, he looked pretty tan. So whatever he's been doing, I mean, he's obviously getting out in the sun somewhere. He's and definitely guy... getting out on that West Coast. And he's, oh, man. <laughs> but he's, he's a game changer. And anyone listening, if yes. you're not taking advantage of Steve Jones and, and what he has to offer. Twin Thieves. You know, oh, Twin Thieves book yep. and just so many great things. But, you know, you talk about culture there. There's a relationship where – Coach Dickert was at UW-Stevens Point, and Steve Jones, you know, had a connection with him there. And obviously, Coach Dickert, very bright, intelligent man, took advantage, and they brought Steve Jones out there to help out with their program. So just a little congratulations to Coach Jones. It was tough to see on that opposite sideline, and hopefully the Badgers take advantage of things that you can offer as well, Steve. Totally but we talk, yeah, we talk about that bad apples, but I think it goes with everything. Brian, you know, it's, it's it's kind of amazing that you can be the strongest female in the nation, and one of, and have a almost a thousand pound squat, and and people are still going to say negative things or right. be jealous of you. It just just reminds me of all the the teams that we've had in the past, and sometimes you know the the people are jealous of really good programs. You know that all oh, that team always wins. You know, I, I just remembered it the Yankees and, you know, the Dallas Cowboys of old and the New England Patriots, you know, everybody like wants to cut those programs down or those teams down or those really good athletes that have some success. And to have Leah mentioned that was, uh, it was, was pretty just um, mind blowing, I guess, from what I think is we think, boy, they should be looking up to that person. They should be asking for advice. They should be utilizing her to, to better themselves. And, you know, you see a bad apple can make a big difference. And I just love where you have to raise the bar as a coach. You have to raise the bar as, as a teacher, a business owner, whatever, you know, that you choose as a father in your household, as a mother, and you have to raise those standards. You know, the standard is the standard. And you get a bad apple, you get a bad apple, Brian, and, and, and a group of parents and that are going into attacking the coach, you know, that spreads. It spreads. And it's very important to have that culture. And we always like to tell athletes is, you know, make sure you police your group, your team. And if that's happening, you know, in your family, if it happens and somebody's being negative or somebody's being, 
a negative influence in the family, somebody has to make sure that they address it. Right. And the same thing as on your football team, if kids are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, that maybe are against school rules or just not what we do in our program, that has to be stopped by those individuals. Same thing in your business. If something's not going right in your business, hey, this isn't how we do things at Sports Advantage. And that needs to get corrected. So all of those things are really important when you talk about culture. And culture is every day. Right. It isn't some motto on the wall, some poster, something that you just say day one of your season. It's got to be continuous and it's got to be modeled. It's got to be consistent all the time. Well, Dean, you know, when you were talking about, you know, some of those teams and programs and you always hear about the top 1% and I'm going to steal a Lewis Corella line. Now we're going to, we're firing off all of our old podcast guests here. You know, I heard Lewis Corella on one of my favorite podcasts on the Andy Frisella podcast, make a comment, right? Everybody wants to be in that top 1%, right? You tell the top 1% high achievers, but there's 99% of people that aren't willing to do what the top 1% do. You know, it's just like teams, like, like, you know, like your guys' program, everybody, you know, I hear it all the time. You know, we want to, we want to be like Kimberly. We want to be like, you know, some of these other programs, there's other great programs in our state too. But since I relate to you, I always relate it to Kimberly. Um, so we don't want to knock, you know, some of the other programs in our, in our state. Cause there's a lot of really good ones. We've got, you know, one, we've got a bunch in our area, but everybody wants to be those programs, but they're not willing to do what the other programs do, you know? And that's where I think Leah said, like, you know, those people, and, and a lot of times those people weed themselves out because they just realize to be at that level is hard to be, you know, for us to, to, to continue to grow at sports advantage. This is really hard. This isn't easy. It's not just like, Oh, we'll sign a couple NFL guys up and we're just going to no. that, that, that was, you know, that's a, a piece of the puzzle. Same with you guys. Winning state championships is hard. People think that all of a sudden you just like, like, you know, molding kids and everything like that. No, it takes so much to do. And in that scenario of, of training in the weight room, like it is hard to get results. Results just don't come. And so I think that was a great message Leah had. The other message we really like, Dean, um, and it really fits with all of our athletes. She's constantly evaluating her technique. She's one of the best lifters in the world. And she's constantly looking for a little tweak here, little tweak there. She's watching film. She's got her, her crew. You know, I know in, in powerlifting, they call it your crew, but, you know, we call it a team. You know, your team watching and evaluating. Dean, I know I, I want you to share what you guys do at Kimberly because I love it. Like, you, you empower your athletes and coaches. Listen to this point that he's going to share because this is one of the things that makes Kimberly a special place and in his and Dean's weight room, a special weight room. They empower their athletes to coach their teammates. So Dean share how you guys do that because, you know, it really caught my ear when Leah said that, that she's always got people watching her. And I'm like, well, that's exactly what you guys do. Yeah. Obviously as you know, strength conditioning coaches or coaches in general, if you're in the weight room, you cannot see everybody's reps and sets in every exercise that they do, Brian. So we are really big on just making sure we are taking our time, kind of slow cooking it, and they understand why they're doing the exercise, how it's going to benefit them. But then they must hold themselves accountable and teach the technique and be really a personal trainer to their partner because they must make sure, number one, that their partner is safe. Safety is number one 
in the weight room. That has to be taken care of. And then two, that partner's got to assess their technique all the time. And every repetition they are checking out, whether it's a warm-up set, Brian, whether it's rep one of rep five, but they are constantly assessing every repetition. So they got eyes on them all the time. And if coaches are walking around, now you got more eyes. You got other people in the weight room. You even have more eyes, but somebody is going to catch it because we want to obviously have great movement patterns and develop great technique because it's the quickest way to get strong. And it's the safest way to get strong. And in three, everybody needs motivation. As we know, a lot of athletes are number one, going to go to sports advantage because not only you have somebody that has a passion to help you get better, but they also have an expertise and they're certainly going to motivate you because there's other motivated athletes in that weight room as well. So those three things are non-negotiables and they have to be every day. That has got to be their partner's responsibility and knowing technique, getting technique is always a work in progress. I've Fox Valley throws club, Brian. Some kids, yeah. Fox Valley, you are always tweaking your technique. It is totally different than when you start as a beginner, intermediate, more advanced. We know that. We've heard Tiger Woods, people always changing their technique, trying to get better and better and better. That's the best thing about being a strength and conditioning coach or a coach in general is just trying to figure out what is best for that individual athlete. And it's going to be different among every athlete in there. And then getting that athlete to believe, hey, that this is going to help you become better. And then boom, that aha moment comes on. And that's the best part of why we do what we do. I think for our baseball fans, if you really watch like a baseball team over the course of the year, like a major league team, watch some of the guys' stances. Their stances change, you know, time to time because they're just they're seeing the ball better. Maybe you know, their swing is a little better there. You're constantly, it's, it's in everything in sports. And so having a good, you know, support group of coaches, but also a good, you know, team of athletes and, you know, your crew or whoever you're training with. Um, and that's your job too, as an athlete. Like if your friend or your training partner is training, you want them to get better. So you should want them to do the exercises, right? You should want them to be successful. You should want their technique to be good because it reflects back on you. You know, I think, you know, one of the greatest position groups um, in all sports is the offensive line and the communication that goes on between O linemen during a game and things like that um, is just, it, it's really special to see. So again, support each other through coaching each other athletes. And Brian, same thing with coaches. Yeah. You see this all the time. Hey, I ran this offense where I came from. You know what? There's different ways to run different offenses, and you can always learn how different coaches implement their offenses. It's the same thing with conjugate training. You yes. have conjugate training. There's different ways that you can do the conjugate training, you know, whether it's your facility, whether it's your athletes, whether it's your equipment or whatever, to make it work. So don't think coaches just because, oh, I know conjugate, I can do conjugate. There is a lot of different variations that you can do. And there's a lot of coaches that have done it and have been very successful and they might do it totally different than you. It doesn't matter. It's still benefiting the athletes. Right. And so Dean, we're going to go on to Brian here and real quick. Uh, we got a couple topics on, on Brian, but real something I really wanted to touch on um, is, you know, he talked about building better athletes. All right. And 
you know, really shied away from what we would and what parents and what other, you know, training experts would call sports specific training. Oh, right? he's training, words. right. Those I know. Words. Yeah, I know. SST, you know, we got to get rid of that. Um, yep. You know, it's in, in our line of work. And I'm just going to talk about this for a minute. It's the greatest sales line that some of these people can use. Okay. If you have a 10 year old or a 12 year old or a 14 or a 16 or an 18 year old that plays multiple sports, explain to me how you do sports specific training for them because they have multiple energy systems, multiple it's, you can't do it. Okay. And, and it's just, it doesn't happen. And so parents, all right. Cue number one, if, if someone's telling you they're going to give you a sports specific program, that's, that's a sales line. Don't fall okay. for it. Don't fall for it. Okay. Unless your son or daughter is getting paid to play like Rob Havenstein is getting paid to play. He still does 80% of athlete development training. Like we do at sports advantage. He trains like we do. So anyways, on the sports specific thing, Brian was like, Hey, I want the girls to be better athletes. He, he works at one of the top programs. I'm not even, it's not, it's not a top female program. I hate when people do that. He's one of the top programs in the country for the last 40 to 50 years. He's working at that saying how he wants to make the girls better athletes. So please coaches, parents understand when you're in sports performance training, it's sports performance, athlete development. You're trying to make them better athletes. So I just wanted to say that real quick. Um, but one of the cool things that we picked up on is he called them banner battles, right? Um, always competing, you know, I, and I think that was one of the things we used to do that at, at Wisconsin too, you know, at the end of every workout, you would put guys one-on-one, you know, and sometimes we'd have team competitions, you know, it could be anything from like a front plank hold, you know, where you got two guys or, you know, that were, you know, equal, you know, and cause you're not putting a 300 pound lineman against a 150 pound skill guy in a, in a plank hold and saying, okay, who can hold longer, you know, and you put them against each other where your t- the teammate, you know, your teammates can watch because at the end of the day, if you can earn the respect of your teammates, you'll definitely earn the respect of everyone coming to watch you to play if it's that important to you. So we really love the idea of competing all the time because you can't turn it on and off. Great point, Brian. And, you know, that banner battles, I just I just love the words banner battles because yeah. he's trying to get a banner up, yep. you know, in their arena. So I just I just love those, those words, banner battles, and it just hits home with me that we got to be competing. And the best athletes I've been around always are competing. Yes. Let's remember, why do most kids play sports? They love to compete. Let's be honest. That's what makes it fun. You know, win, lose, whatever. But just given everything you have, and if somebody beats you that day, that game, that match, that meet, it is what it is. Go but back and watch the film. Yes. Go back and watch the film. Yeah. Study, study your mistakes, learn from your mistakes, and move on. It's not the end of the world. But it's the same way in the business world. You're, you're competing. You know, you're always competing. Your family, you should be competing to, to develop and nurture the best family that you can. It, it, it's important that you're always competing for job interviews. I tell a lot of the student athletes once they're done, you know, say, can I put you down for a reference for, for a job interview? Absolutely. But I'm going to coach you up here. You know, it's, it's a firm handshake. It's eye contact. It's thank yous. It's, you know, you have to research this. 
And I think that's the number one reason why a lot of companies want to hire athletes because they've had to prepare. They've had, they prepare for the interview just like they prepared for the game. Correct. So they are constantly, they understand the discipline, the teamwork, all that that entails. But finishers are great. You know, competition is great. As long as, remember, coaches, if you're in a weight room setting and you have these competitions, make sure, number one, that they're safe. Because I've seen some stuff on social media yes. that I would not do as a strength and conditioning coach. So understand, one, is this competition, is it going to help the athlete become better? Then, and two, is it safe? So just remember that, because I think sometimes we see all this stuff on social media. There's guys benching on top of tires, and they're doing all this crazy stuff. And that's not the competition that we are talking about here right. that Coach Tatum's talking about. He's talking about competition that, number one, is safe, and two, is really going to help these athletes be able to get better, push themselves. Lewis Carell is another one, just constantly getting guys to get out of their comfort zone so that we know when you get out of your comfort zone, that's where growth occurs. I just, I, you know, you can't ever turn that competition switch on and off. I, I don't believe that you can, you know, the greatest athletes always are competing, you know, I mean, even, you know, probably farther than they should, you know, in, in, in ways in their life that they probably, you know, sh should be taken off, but they, the greatest ones, they just don't ever turn it off. You know what I mean? And so, you know, the last point Dean, and this was, and this was an awesome point. And it's something that coaches, every coach should do this. And I've done this to an extent with my boys uh, in certain capacities, but Brian talked about daddy dates, uh, special time, that, you, you know, once a month, I believe it was where he was, you know, having a special time with each one of his kids. And that could be going to the zoo, going, you know, go, go and grab ice cream, but just one-on-one -on -one time with each one of your kids, you know, coaching is a, is a hard profession to be in. And a lot of times, you know, our families lose out on the opportunity to have either mom or dad there because they're spending a lot of time working with other people's kids. Okay. And taking that half hour once a month or an hour once a month to have a special time with all of your children individually, I think is, is something that if I could do this, Dean, I would make it a requirement for all coaches because at the end of the day, I think that's one of the reasons why we see coaching burnout is that coaches just don't take the time to have those, those special moments. And it should be with your spouse as well, you know, or your significant other or whatever. I know, Corey and I do this every week. We have one night where it's just us. It's just, you know, we, we have a pizza, you know, maybe we have a glass of wine or, or we listen to music or we, it's just, there's no phones. There's no computers. It's just our time. And, and you know, it, it sounds crazy to that, to think that those two or three hours can make that big of a difference. But in my opinion, our relationship is so strong because we make that commitment and I think coaches for your children, that is something that is a must that you have to do. And it can be, like I said, it can be so basic. Take them to the, like, if you got a, a son that plays baseball, take him to the batting cage and just toss the ball to him and don't critique his swing. Just let him hit, 
and just have fun with them. You know, that's a time to just, just be dad or just be mom with your kids and listen to them talk and just appreciate them for who they are. Um, the, 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 the young people that, that you're molding and, and things like that. I just, man, I thought it was a great message that he sent. Brian Tatum, that was an unbelievable message. And that just, the daddy dates just really hit home with me. You know, the traditional 20 years ago where everybody sat at the, the kitchen table and had dinner together with the, the young population now with so many different types of opportunities for kids, it very rarely exists. And I know, you know, reflecting on it, when my kids were younger, you know, we did a lot of family stuff, you know, mom, dad, with, with my daughter and my son. And I really hit home that that individual time is so important. You know, even it, it's different if it's mom and dad and daughter, mom and dad and son. But just that one-on-one -on -one time just really hit home to me how important that is. And it, even if it's a half hour, like he mentioned, getting ice cream. Obviously, he's got four kids. I, I have two kids. So I think that's so important. And with the burnout and that individual time, I think, tells your son or daughter just how important it is. And to be honest, because I have a daughter, I think the way that the father treats their daughter in those situations is someday what she is going to look for in, in a, husband. a husband. And by modeling the correct way if to, to be able to act and having that one-on-one -on -one time, I think is something that, you know, your son, daughter can learn that is very beneficial later on in life. And yeah. yes, I mean, I mean, for, for you coaches out there that say you don't have time, right? There's 30 days in a month. There's 24 hours in a month. That's 720 hours that you can give, even if it's just a half an hour once a month to your kid to just, yeah, I think it's, and I, I think it's so far and I've never had daughters and I have a stepdaughter who I love so much. And I think you're right. Modeling the type of behavior that, you know, that they would want, you know, as a person to spend the rest of their life with is so important. I think that's, yeah. And, you know, the other quick message with Brian is he said a lot of times, you know, he took the office stuff and he took it home and did more. And now he's learned to shut it off, yep. you know, with his experience and what he had to go through. He now, when he gets home, it's not just my, my mind is still at work. My mind is on my family. And, you know, he even mentioned, hey, coaches, I'm out there willing to help people out, but it's going to take a while for me to, to answer your email. I'm not going to get it the night you send me an email or a phone call. Cause when I go home, my emphasis is my family. Correct. And that's what coaches, you got to understand. You're not a bad coach. If you go home and you focus on your family and you're not thinking football 24 seven or basketball or baseball or track or whatever sport that you coach, it doesn't make you a bad coach, but you have to be able to balance the two. So important. So another Lewis Carell thing from that podcast I listened to, Dean, he's got so many good ones, is that this falls into making time for yourself as a coach and, and making time for yourself as a family. Lewis's quote was this, if you can't be selfish with your own time, okay, you can't be selfless the rest of the day. You know, if you can't find a way to take time for yourself and for your family each and every day, you can't give all of yourself to everyone else that you're trying to give to because you're constantly going to be wondering when is my time 
you know? And so, and, and a, a quick story of, of one of the kids that plays with Carson, you know, his dad, his, both, both his parents are attorneys and, and good friend of mine. Um, you know, I went to high school with, with the, the mom, um, great friends of, of Corey and ours. And we just happened to park next to him uh, at the game yesterday. And we were walking, you know, to the stadium and I'm talking with the dad and he's like, man, I got a big case on Monday. And he's like, but you know, I wouldn't miss this for the world. Wouldn't miss my son's game. So I did this. He had a strategic plan for how he was going to get all of his work done by five o'clock. He goes at five o'clock, I'm out, left, the, left the building, you know, um, went to, you know, hang out with the parents, went to the game. He's like, I'm going to get up tomorrow at this time. I'm going to work, you know, this amount of time. Then I'm going to go to the Badger game, take my family to the Badger game because that's important. And then after the Badger game, you know, I'm going to get everything set. So Sunday morning when I wake up, I'm going to go, go to the office, get all my stuff done then, you know, so sacrifice, right? Go in on a Sunday, but sacrificing so he can do all the things that he does with his family, watch his son play football, go to a Badger game, watch the Packers play, all the things that are important to his family. He's scheduling his work around that versus scheduling his family time around his work. And, and if you have the ability to do that, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing coaches to work on Sunday, right? It's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? To put a few hours in on a Sunday, it's not a bad thing to put a few hours in early in the morning on a Saturday. So you can have those moments with your family. So people ask me that all the time. Why do you, why do you do this? So early in the morning on Saturday, why do you get up early on Sunday? Why are you up at four in the morning? So I can do all the things with my wife that we want to, and all the things that see my kids play ball. So I think coaches, there's a sacrifice that goes with it, but you can do it. You know what I mean? And making that sacrifice is really important. Quick shout out to all, you know, it's just, it's, it's great to just was at our football game last night. And, you know, it's great to have coaches come up, other people come up and say they really enjoy the podcast and they're getting a ton of information out of it. Just a shout out to all of our listeners, again, all of our guests. And I know that a lot of people are listening to this and they're getting a lot out of it. And I, I think this was just two unbelievable guests that we, it was hard to, to just pick two topics for each on this one, Brian. Right. And Dean. Yeah. And, and one of the things you can do, obviously share the podcast with your friends, you know, share them with your parent friends, obviously, you know, parents too, we talk about, you know, things that we think can help parents, you know, deal with athletes. So share that with your parent friends, athletes, share it with, with your buddies. Um, all that other stuff helps the podcast grow um, and whatnot. So Fox Valley throws things going well there. Yes. We're doing some fall sessions here on Sundays. So not only do we get to enjoy some NFL football on Sunday, but kids can get better and, and learn their, and improve on their technique for throwing the shot, putting discus, Brian. Great. They get to fire it on Sunday. What else would you rather do? Just fire it. Just Perfect. big shout out to coach Mangan. We do a shout out to coach Mangman every now and then coach. Hope you're doing His well. birthday tomorrow. Oh, so so this podcast will release on Coach Mangan's birthday. Happy birthday, Coach. Um, hope you're watering it. Hope you're taking care of that family. Um, that'll do it for this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. Um, again, appreciate all our listeners. Uh, athletes, keep working. You know, midway through the fall season, winter sport athletes, you know, gearing up, things like that. Be positive. Cheer on your teammates. Cheer on your classmates. And have a great week. Chop it.